Hallelujah. It's really wonderful to be with all of you again with our new covenant family in the U.S. Um, we are so blessed to have experienced worship with you this morning. It was amazing, and we really enjoyed it. Thank you. So um, it's good to see some familiar faces, others not so familiar. Um, but we want to just share a few thoughts about what God is doing in our region, the region where we focus on that first photo you will see on the PowerPoint. We are actually standing on two continents. Um, I think I'm standing in uh, Europe, and Erika is standing on in um, Asia. So that's where the two continents come together in, in Russia. We were there in the, the south, south of Russia, in the city of Orenburg. And um, that's really our region where we work, is Eurasia, where most of our, our labor, our focus go into, although we also do some work in some other countries. So we thank the Lord. So we want to just share a few highlights of what God has done over this last almost a year, I think, since we've been here. So the first one is about Serbia. We've been uh, laboring in Serbia for some years, and we felt that the, the work wasn't growing as we would like to see it grow. For the church to become missional and to understand that every believer has a responsibility to live a life on mission with God, wherever you are, to be salt and light. And so we, we, we felt, Lord, what must we do? What do you want us to do to see the work in Serbia grow? And we felt the Lord said to us, have coffee with pastors. And so we thought, okay, that's what we're going to do. So we started organizing some meetings with pastors that we've never met before. We had like, I don't know, in, in that one week, we had like 13 meetings with pastors and drinking lots of cups of coffee. And, um, but we just sat with them, asked them, what is God doing in your church? What is he doing in Serbia? What do you feel like is, is happening at this moment? What is your needs? We want to pray for you. And so we just really just connected with their hearts. And through that, because God said to us to do it, we saw God move through it. Actually, amazing things happened um, after that. Uh, these churches start to invite us to come and present our mobilization courses in their churches. And those, you can see some of the photos there of some of the courses that we ran in the church in Serbia. And it's really amazing to see God move in his church in Serbia. They are starting to catch a vision for God's mission. And they start to believe that they can make a difference. They can impact. They start to reach out to the many um, immigrants that come through Serbia. Serbia is like in a region where there's a lot of immigrants coming from Muslim nations moving through Serbia to go into Europe. And so what an opportunity for them to reach out to these immigrants and, and share the gospel with them. And the church there is really starting to understand that, that they can do it with the Lord, to work with him. And so we just want to give glory to Jesus for that. The next one is in Russia. So in Russia, we've been working for many years. Of course, in this past year, we spoke in many churches about God's mission, and we presented many courses in different cities. And the Russian church is really arising, taking responsibility to spread the gospel. Uh, there's so many still least rich people groups in Russia, and they're really making a difference, targeting these people groups, praying for them, sending teams to them, and really spreading the gospel. And so on, in this middle photo in the, in, the, in the bottom there, you see there a group of men. So one of those men, the one just next to the guy with the orange kind of jacket, um, his name is Sergei, and he's one of the main pastors in a church in Samara. 
And so for years, we tried to speak to this church about God's mission and how every believer should live a life on mission with God and, you know, be salt and light wherever you are and being a blessing, not just receive the blessing, but being a blessing, what Pastor Eric spoke this morning. And, and we've been trying to speak to this church, but that pastor there, his name is Sergei, he was very closed. He was not at all interested in, when he heard the word mission, I don't know what his experience in the past was, but he just closed off. He was not interested in, in doing missions outreaches or even just allowing us to speak to his church about God's mission. And so we just kept on loving them, praying them, meeting with them. And, and so eventually he allowed us to run a, sh a, a course for a group of youth in his church. Small group of, there were just a handful of young people. So we just presented this course to them, mobilizing the young people to live a life on mission with God in their university, in their school, um, you know, to share Jesus with those around them. And we didn't know, but one of the girls was actually his wife's sister. Young girl, but God just changed her heart as she did this course with us. He just gave us such a passion to, to make a difference in her city. And uh, we didn't know this, but so after the course, she shared a lot with him. So suddenly, when we were in Samara again, he asked us, please can you come and speak in my church about God's mission? And we were so amazed. We thought, what happened? The Lord allowed Sergei, you know, gave him a change of heart. So we went to Sunday and we shared just about God's mission and how God loves the nations and he wants us to love the nations. And, um, and something happened in Sergei. He changed over the last year. He has changed completely. He has now invited us. He became, actually, over, over the last six months, he became the head of, he's actually leaving Samara and moving to Moscow, he became the head of their whole denomination in Russia. And they have like more than 400 churches all over Russia. And he said, I want you to come and speak to, to, to the 400 leaders. They have like 400 pastors that's going to get together in February. And he said, come and speak to them about God's mission. And so that's really the Lord at work. We really see the God just opening up so many more opportunities for the church in Russia to be salt and light to those around them. So on the next photo, we had a, a, a number of um, church planting seminars, those photos at the bottom there. We felt um, after presenting these mobilization courses in churches in Eurasia, many of them would come to us afterwards and say, okay, we understand, we must do God's mission. And we want to plant new churches in villages where there's absolutely no, no believers, no churches. But how do we do it? How do we plant a church? Can you help us? And we said, well, we don't know, but the Lord knows. And so, but the Lord just helped us to partner with a wonderful ministry called Harvesters Ministries. They have planted thousands and thousands of churches all over the world, in India, in China, in Mongolia, in um, Africa, in the Amazon. Just amazing what they've done. And we, we um, started a partnership with them and said, won't you come to Russia and help us to train churches to do church planting? And they said, yes, of course. So they came and we organized and we had church planting seminars in three cities. And just see God, we saw how he moved in his church to plant new churches. So if you pray for us and for, for, the, for cross ministries, please continue to pray that we will see a church plant movement in Eurasia. Many of these pastors that were at the seminar, they've contacted, contacted us over this last month and said, we are busy planting new churches. We have started in villages. It's amazing what God is doing. So those top photos, even our, our team in Samara that we've been laboring 
working with for many years, they were also at the church planting seminar, and they said, well, we do a lot, but, but can we also help to plant a church? We said, of course. So we started um, um, mapping in the Samara region all the villages where there's absolutely no believers and no churches. And you see the map there where we made all those dots. That yellow dot there is a town by the name of Sukhadol. In Sukhadol, there are only two Christians. In uh, Sukhadol is, is a village, and around it, the community that lives there is about, about 65,000 people. And the only two Christians is that guy on the far left of that top photo with a little blue cross here on his T-shirt and the lady with a blue jacket. Those are the only two Christians. The young man, his name is Sasha. He actually found Jesus on the internet looking how to get rich on the internet. And he found Jesus. And it's amazing. And he was at our church planting seminar, and he's now so on fire to plant a church in Sukhadol. And our Samara team actually is going to help him. And so that's us walking in the, in the village, praying with a the flag there, and just trusting God that many people in Sukhadol will be saved. Sukhadol actually means dry place. But we believe God wants to water that place with his spirit and with his word and that many will turn to Jesus. So please pray for Sukhadol, for the dry place. The next photo, the last place I want to just share a little bit about is Mongolia. So we have just before we came here... We were in Mongolia, and Mongolia, we just love the Mongolians. It's really amazing what God is doing in that place. So we presented as well two mobilizing courses. One of the courses, you see that white little tent there in the middle of the top photo? One of the courses we actually ran in such a tent. The one there on the left, the photo just left of that white tent, was actually inside the white tent presenting a mobilization course. And the people were just so on fire for Jesus. There were some pastors in, those, in, the, in the tent with us doing the course. And they shared, they said, you know, we were so discouraged because we've been laboring for more than 20 years in our town, in our city, and the church isn't growing. We, and, and we don't know what we're doing wrong. We, we're struggling. We feel discouraged. We feel burned out. And we prayed with them. We had many individual meetings with them, praying with these pastors, encouraging them. And at the end of the course, they said to us, we have hope again. We have hope that God wants to move in Mongolia. So please pray for the pastors in Hoft. I know you might not remember the city name Hoft, but pray for the pastors in Mongolia. And then um, the one thing I want to highlight on this photo is on the on the right, the two middle photos on the right, you see we sit there in a little group with a group of young people. Mongolia has three million in population, one million of those, so a third of the population are nomad shepherds. So they, they move four times a year. They move their homes as they go on trek with all their cattle to find food for them and to keep them from all the mosquitoes that can bring sicknesses to them. So they move away in the summer from the water places. Um, but they, this, these nomad shepherds, very few of them have ever heard the gospel. And so we had the privilege to visit one such nomad shepherd family. We drove like 30 kilometers on the plane into the middle of nowhere, there's absolutely no trees, just grass. So you see like kilometers and kilometers we drove and found this one tent and a one-room place where we sat there. And they had invited a group of young people to come and help them um, shear, comb the, the cashmere wool out of the cashmere goats. And so these young people were there. We've, they are the only one of the very few Christian nomad families in Mongolia. And so we sat there and spoke to these, the husband and wife, young couple. 
And as we just shared with them, she said to us, yeah, but these young people that are busy combing out the, the goat, the, you know, the cashmere from the goat, they don't know Jesus. We invited them from other um, nomad families, but you must share the gospel with them. Go now and go and share the gospel, she said. And we said, okay, we will share the gospel with them, but maybe it's a good idea to do it over lunch. She said, yes, good idea. Let's do it over lunch. So they all came into that little room and sat on the floor everywhere with a little bowl of food in their hand. Uh, which was quite an experience for me to eat that food. She was making it, she hit the meat on the floor with a hammer to get it because they have no fridges, so it's like this dry chunk of meat. She was hitting it and then picking it up from the floor and put it in the pot. I thought, I better go rather go and watch how they comb the goats <laughs> because I, I need to eat that later. I don't want to see it. So, um, <laughs> so, But we eat, ate it and then we shared the gospel with these young people and they were like sitting, listening. The one man there that in, in our team, he was a Buddhist lama. And just, he felt it was so meaningless. And just eventually one day he walked into the field, shouted to the heavens and said, God, if there's a true God, please speak to me. He walked in the street two days later, heard some music from a building, walked in there. It was a church service and he found Jesus. Isn't that amazing? So, and, and so we shared the gospel, and, as I, and then he at the end spoke for a long time with his young people, just sharing his testimony. And they were so open to listen and to hear and to respond. And so please, when you pray for Mongolia, pray for the shepherd nomads to come to know Jesus. Um, so the last slide is just a few lists of um, things you can pray for us. I just want to quickly go through them. We are very soon, we're going to Kyrgyzstan right after our visit here to the States in about the beginning of August. So we will meet with a group of pastors and we will have together 150 young Kyrgyz people. Um, please pray for us that God will give us wisdom as we speak to them about, about God's mission and his purpose for their lives. We will also go and present a course in Kazakhstan. So that's in Central Asia. Muslim countries can be very difficult. There's also a lot of tension in those countries because of the war situation in Eurasia. So please pray for us, for the Lord's protection, but that His will will be done and He will be glorified. And then in October, we're going to have again um, four church planting seminars in four cities in Russia. So please pray for that. In November, we will visit Serbia again and run some courses and connect with church leaders. And then um, pray for the Mongolian shepherd nomads to come to know Jesus. We also want to ask you that's not on there, please pray for India. We have an online school of ministry and mission for Indian students. And uh, it's amazing to see how, what God is doing through them as well. So please pray for the Indian students as well. And then pray for Russia, Ukraine, and Belarus and the ongoing con conflict that many will turn to Jesus in this time of turmoil. Please pray for them. Many people are turning to Jesus. Our team in Ukraine is doing amazing work, um, feeding people, spreading the gospel. I, one of the churches there, the guy had 10 people in his church for many years before the conflict started. He has 100 people in his church uh, with people just coming to Jesus because they find their hope in him. So please continue to pray for the teams there. Thank you, Erika. I wanted to just say thank you. Thank you that you allow us to partner with you in God's mission field. Uh, we, we really appreciate your, your praying for us, your support. It really means a lot to us. Without you, we cannot do it. So we thank the Lord for you. Thank you that we can work together. Sure. Good morning, everyone. What a privilege to serve the Lord, to know Him and to be saved. It is just 
As we were singing this morning, I just again was so grateful to God for saving us and making himself known to us in so many ways. So thank you for this amazing opportunity to worship the Lord together today um, in this building. We really uh, enjoyed it. And thank you for your hearts and all the hugs that we received. We really appreciate it. We love each one of you too. And we pray that God will move in mighty ways in the USA too. In this area and this whole country. We cry out to God for this country. Because there's something that God's doing. And something that he wants to accomplish in and through this nation. God's not finished with the USA. And he's moving. So thank you. Um, for your faithfulness in serving God's purposes within this country too. You too are God's missionaries right here where you are. And he sent you here for a purpose. Amen. So this morning I just have a very short uh, message that I feel the Lord wants to share with all of us. Just to encourage you. Nothing that I'm going to share this morning is new. No. Nothing that I'm going to read is a scripture that, you never see, that you've never seen before. It is scripture and it is words that we are all familiar with. But as Peter and Paul said, I don't feel ashamed to remind you of the things that are written in the word of God. Amen. And so I just want to remind you all this morning and myself of a few things that I believe the Lord wants us to know specifically for the time that we are in. Um, what was amazing to me, I go, I read through the Bible, um, you know, we all have our plans and so on. And as I, I prepared this message, and then this morning when I opened my plan, it was exactly the scripture too. So I was so blessed this morning when I saw it. But reading through Hebrews, and in the book of Hebrews, in Hebrews 11, we read about the scroll of fame. Well, I call it the scroll of fame. These faithful, amazing people that are mentioned in the word of God. And in, in Hebrews 12, it says that they, these people, have become like a, a cloud of witnesses. Those who, who, who uh, encourage us and just keep on stirring us to be faithful and continue to do the will of God in our generation. And so one of those people um, that just struck me again was Noah. So in Hebrews 11 verse 7, I want to just read that. It says, it was by faith that Noah built a large boat to, serve, uh, to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about the things that had never happened before. By his faith. Noah condemned the rest of the world, and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. Amazing scripture. Um, so as I, I studied Noah, I, I have a, a soft spot for Noah in my heart. I don't know why. But something about Noah always triggered me. Just to, what he had to go through and what he had to do. So again... Let's just look at some of the things and who Noah was and what God asked him to do. And if it has any relevance to us today, can we really see similarities between the life of Noah and the times of Noah 
and where we are at. What is amazing to me that when Jesus speaks of the end times and Jesus speaks of the, the end when he will come again, he mentions Noah and the times of Noah. So to me, there must be some things in the lives of Noah then that are very, very important. So let's just go to Genesis and look again to Noah. Now, I'm not going to read all the scriptures. I'm just going to quickly share with you the whole story of Noah. And I promise you can go and read Genesis 6, 7, 8, and 9. And just check me up. Just see if I have added anything to the word of God. Just make sure that what I'm saying today is true. Um, so I'm not going to read it, but please read it. Okay, don't just take my word for it. But here's a man, he's living in very, very difficult times. Actually, Genesis 6 starts where God looks at the world, and it is so evil, it is so miserable, that God was sorry that he ever made man. Wow. I mean, that must have been horrible. I, I'm, I'm thinking, what could be worse than today? <laughs> It's like, oh my word, the evil in this world today is not even evil anymore. It's beyond evil. Um, we had the privilege of, of going with Johnny, um, Johnny Cawthon, the pastor from Anderson. He and his daughter took us to the movies this week, and we went to see the Sound of Freedom thingy. Yes, horrible. I mean, amazing, but horrible. Horrible, horrible. I was shocked. I was shocked to realize what is happening in this world. I, I, for some reason, I've been kept from the amount of evil that's truly going on in this world. And I'm wondering, when God looks, and he is looking, to this world today, what is he feeling in his heart? So anyway, here is Noah in this very, very terrible times, and God comes and God warns Noah of his plan. God says to Noah, I want to destroy all this evil. I want to destroy the people. Just annihilate them from this earth. I'm going to wash away all these things, but I have a plan. I have a plan to save humanity. I'm going to kill humanity, but I have a plan to save humanity. It's just amazing to me that that is such a, a reminder of Jesus warning the church, warning his disciples of what is to come. Again, God says to the church, just as he said to Noah, that he will destroy this evil. He will come and he will judge. And there will be even more evil times. Now, before we get any, any dis more discouraged than we can be, or some of us already are, please, that my message is not doom and all those things today. We all know what's happening. We all see what is happening. And he warned us beforehand of the things that will come. Wars and evil. And I mean, we live. In that, Marin and I, we work in countries. It's crazy, but not, there's almost not one of our countries in Eurasia that's not 
warring with another nation at this moment. If it's not Serbia with Kosovo, it's Russia with Ukraine, it's Kyrgyzstan with Tajikistan, it just never ends. And the Lord said to Noah, but I have a plan. I have a mission. But to accomplish my mission, I'm going to use you. And the Lord said to each one of us today, yes, evil's coming. Be assured, it's going to be hard. But I have a mission. And to accomplish my mission, I'm calling each one of you by name to build an ark. Now, Noah had a specific ark. So the Lord tells Noah, I want you to build me an ark. I have something that you need to do to save my creation. God has something for you to do to bring reconciliation and salvation to those around you. I don't know what it is. Mine is to go to these countries, share God's word. What is yours? What is the ark that you need to build in this time? At your job, at, with your family, with your neighbors, there's something that you need to do. And we need to hear from God what that is. And so God says to Noah, build me an ark. And I'm thinking, wow, God. That sounds so much easier than going to Russia. Okay, let's think about that. So Noah, he goes to bed. He gets up the next morning, open his eyes, and there all the wood is prepared for him to use to build the ark. Yes? No. Can you believe it? God asks Noah to build an ark, but Noah has to prepare to build the ark too. Really, this sounds crazy but Noah goes and he chops the wood now no electricity wasn't that easy he had to chop all those wood now he didn't build a small little boat he built a huge huge vessel to save not only the eight people but animals too it took the theologians are not clear exactly, but if you go and you count how old the child was and blah, 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 and you go on, it took Noah between 70 to 100 years to build that ark. I don't know about you, but after the first year, I would have been tired of building that ark. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, almost 100 years to do the thing that God called him to do. A second thing the Lord told him to do is to get animals. Now, <coughs> imagine Noah walking around. <whistles> so just imagine what Noah had to do to get these animals together. And then the Lord says to him, I want you to prepare food for these animals for, and for yourselves for the whole time that you will be in the ark. Now, I'm African you're African. We have elephants. Do you know how much an elephant eats a day? It eats 330 pounds of food a day. A day. Now, can you imagine how, many, how much grass and, and leaves that is? 
and he had to have two of them in the ark. <laughs> in the midst of building an ark, getting the animals, he has to prepare food for all of them. Not an easy job in the times that he was living in. All of this in the midst of the most horrific times ever in the history of mankind up to that time. Very similar to us today. The job God is asking of you and me is not an easy job. But be assured, he's with us. He gives us the strength if we will just stay faithful and do what he's called us to do. Then the fourth thing that God said to Noah, keep the animals alive in the ark. Now, sometimes we fulfill one purpose. We, we, we end one season. We finish building the ark and we think our jobs are finished. I have done this. I have finished it. I've prayed what God asked me to do, you know, or I gave what God asked me to give. I got up. I was disciplined. I did it. I finished well. I want to tell you today that God never stops working and he's asking us to never stop working the good works that he has prepared for us. Seasons change, but God's mission never changes. So after Noah finished building the ark, he went into the ark. Of course, he took his little umbrella drink. He sat down, <laughs> breathed a few breaths and said, it is done. Well done. Good and faithful, Noah. Actually, that's when the real work started. Do you know what happens when, elef when elephants eat? Yeah. Or any animal for that matter. <laughs> Noah was in that ark while people were dying outside because of the sinfulness of this world. Noah did not stop working. He had to clean the ark and was in that ark for more than a year. More than a year. Now, during COVID... We were all <coughs> commanded to stay in our homes. It took me a week and I was crazy. <laughs> we could go nowhere. Now imagine Noah staying in an ark with animals, cleaning every day, a stinky business. Hard. I think sometimes the church is a stinky business. I'm sorry. But it is to... To, to work with people that are hard. Some people are still in the process of, of coming to know Jesus. We are, we are difficult. It's true. Let's just be honest today. We, none of us, of course, if everyone was like me, it would be wonderful. But <laughs> just, just saying. But no, every one of us, we understand if we have grown a little, we realize that nobody's perfect, including me. It's not easy to work. Our work is not only outside, but also inside. We have to do both. And both of them are hard. It's a new season, and we need to continue with that season. And then at last, the ark opened. 
And Noah got off. Again, God never stops working. God says, okay, so now's the next season. Don't stop. I'm not finished. We will continue with my creation program now. You go and you multiply and you spread my fame through this earth. You are the image of the living God. That's who we are. That is our mission, is to portray God everywhere where we go. You are created in the very image of God. Image bearers. That's who we are. So, here is Noah. He started to plant. He had to continue the work until the day he had no more breath. Anyone still breathing in this room? (laughs) Then your work's not finished. We are not finished. Until the day he comes for you and me. We have a purpose. And God is calling his church to in the midst of these terrible times, be the light. Build the ark. Clean the the animals. Wherever, in whichever season you are in or wherever God has called you to serve, that's where you need to serve. We need to keep the main thing, the main thing. We are not here for ourselves. We are here for his purposes. And I believe, in Hebrew we read, that Noah took the warnings of God seriously. And the question I'm asking myself today, it's also a question that I'd like to ask you today. Are you taking the warnings of the Lord seriously? Now, what does that mean to take it seriously? The problem today, please forgive me, but the problem today, wherever we go, people love to sit and speak about the warnings. They love to sit and analyze and discuss and debate the warnings that the Lord has given us. There will be difficult times and wars and then there will be this and then there will be that. And then we like to interpret it and try to convince people how we see that. I don't think that's why Jesus gave us those warnings. He didn't ask Noah to have a meeting with all the other leaders and start to discuss the things that is happening, that are happening. He didn't ask Noah to interpret what he was saying or to try and figure out what every little detail meant. He gave him a purpose and Noah obeyed. I think it's the same for us today. The Lord says, watch and pray. Do the good works he has prepared for you and me beforehand. That's what he's asking. Be the salt, be the light. Show mercy, bless, love. Simple things. We're making it so difficult. It's not the reason why Jesus gave us Matthew 24, 25. He didn't give it to us, Zechariah or the book of Revelations, to try and figure out who is who in this world. What dates How will it happen? Which country's president is the most evil? 
Really? Who cares? Jesus is still king. He rules and he reigns. He's the one we are serving. And he said, it will be difficult. That's enough for me. I don't have to figure out what he meant by difficult. It will be difficult. They will be evil. I saw this week what evil there are. It's terrible. But so what am I going to do in the times that he has given me? Lord, which ark is it that I need to build? And say, let your will be done. Let your kingdom come. And again, so today, I want to I remind us to keep this main thing the main thing. To continue with the Lord faithfully. Endure to the end. And those who endure will be rewarded. The Lord says in 1 Timothy 4 verse 8, Paul writes, he says, For physical training is of some value. Wonderful. I love walking. I'm sure there's a few of you too. The Lord says, that's, that's good. I mean, do some physical training. That's wonderful. But he continues, he says, but godliness. What is godliness? If we break down the word godliness, it's living God's way. That's what godliness means. It is to live the way that God has planned for you to live. God's way. For me, in, my, in our language, we would say it's living a life on mission with God. To get up every day to say, God, what is your mission? And to continue with that mission faithfully with whatever he has called us to do. Godliness, living God's way, doing God's purpose in God's way, has value. And then it says, for all things. Listen to this. Holding promise for both the present life, the life we are living now, and the life to come. What? The way we live this life on earth, the way we build the arcs and we continue faithfully here has an influence or has an impact on the life to come. When Jesus comes. Life after this life is influenced by your obedience to God's purpose today. Now that scares me. <laughs> because if I'm disobedient today and not living God's purpose today, it's going to influence the day that I'm looking forward to when Jesus comes. I don't know how it's going to influence it. Lots of different interpretations doesn't matter. I just know it has an influence. So again, I believe the Lord is saying to you and to me today, be faithful today. Be obedient today to the things that he's called us to do. To keep the main thing, the main thing. He, he warns us against distractions. When we read the parable of the sower, we all know the parable of the sower, yes? I mean, here he sows and the seed falls on, on the shallow ground. And so, but one of them is it falls amongst the thorns. And then Jesus says what these thorns are. Jesus says these thorns actually is the pleasures of this world and the worries of this world. In our language today, Distractions, things that distract us from the purposes of God. 
the things that distracts us from keeping the main thing, the main thing, to continue faithfully with God. And I want to say today, these distractions should not be taken lightly. We shouldn't laugh at distractions and think they are not so important. Distractions leads us away from God's purpose. According to the parable, the seed sown amongst the thorns does not die. It's just fruitless. It bears no fruit. Didn't he save us for a life of bearing fruit to his name? If we allow distractions, we will be fruitless for the Lord. Eventually, it will lead to death. So today, I am reminded, again, if my name should be written on the scroll of fame, and I believe every one of our names will be written there, because we kept on doing God's will and faithfully obeying his purpose. If we want that, we should say no more distractions. Continue with the main thing, doing God's mission, building his ark for the times that we are living in. God wants to save his people. But did you know that even if you don't build the ark for the others, there's nothing for you to get into when the difficult times come? We're doing it not only for those outside. I'm not preaching only nations today. I'm not saying the lost only. I'm saying to us, to us too. We're doing it not just for them, but for our sakes too. And the Lord is asking us to continue faithfully. In Hebrews, I want to end up with this last scripture. In Hebrews 12, with verse 1 and 2, I believe this is the answer to how do we do this? How, how do we continue faithfully with the Lord? It says in Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2, something we all can quote, I'm sure, as we sit here. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses, all those names written, we have them as witness, witnesses to the life of faith. Let us, let us strip off everything that, weigh, that weighs and slows us down. Let's strip off. Let's those things that so easily ensnares us, one of the translations say. Let's just lay those down, especially the sins that easily trips us up. Let's just get rid of it. Let's make that decision. Now, I know it's not easy, but we can, we can at least in the... In the power of the Lord, say that we are more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens us. Then he continues to say, let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Let's run it with endurance. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion and initiator of our faith. Because of the joy awaiting us, uh, before, because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. 
Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Let's run this race with endurance, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Amen. We can do this. Let's forget about all these difficult situations and evil just for a minute and get excited again about the good works that he has prepared for us. The call of God upon your life. The King of kings and Lord of lords has called you by your name. You sang it today. He called my name. And I ran out of that grave. To what did I run? To do those things that he's called us to do. I am not saved by good works, but I am saved for good works. Amen. So if you today want to just stand with me and pray with me that the Lord will help us to continue faithfully, to be like Noah in, the, in his time, to be in 2023 the Noahs of our time. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you have called us by our names. We belong to you. Father, each one of us in this building has some time and maybe every day, some of us, we hear you call our names. We heard our names mentioned by the King of Kings. And most of us here took that step of faith. We said yes to that call and we ran out of the grave. But Father, I ask that we would live God, godly lives, lives with godliness the way that you have prepared for us that it would not just be something that we remembered happened to us a few years ago when you called our names and now we just wait and wait and wait until this time is over make us fruitful lord and purposeful keep the main thing in front of us to continue to do the things that you've called us to do even if it takes a hundred years lord none of us wanted to be so long to see you work in and through our lives but father if it will take a hundred years let us be faithful i ask that even if it's smelly lord we will be faithful father even if we are alone when the door opened and noah was alone and there was nothing else we know that you are with us Amen. we know that you will help us to again establish that which you have purposed Father, I ask in Jesus' name for you to bless everyone in this building. Stir their hearts again, Father. Show them the absolute joy of being called by the living King. Called for such a time as this. Given purpose. Father, we could have been purposeless, but we have a purpose. We have good works that you have prepared for us. I ask in Jesus' name that every heart in this building will be stirred again to with new passion keep their eyes on you and run this race with endurance. So in the end, we will hear you say to us, good and faithful servant. We want to be good and faithful servants. Help us, Father, to lay aside all these distractions that we will not be so easily distracted by the things of this world, good and evil, but we will keep our eyes on you. And we will bear fruit, and not little, Lord, 
enough, more than enough for the glory of your name. So others will see it is the King of Kings whom we serve. I ask in Jesus' name for everyone in this building, for the leaders, that you would give them wisdom, understanding, and thank you, Father, for what you are already doing in and through this church. But thank you that there is more to come. We praise you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, we just ask that these words that Erica has spoken would be settled in our hearts and in our minds. Lord, we realize and we know that each one of us has a destiny, has a purpose. God, you have given us an identity. You give us an identity in our mother's womb. And we ask that we would fulfill the plans, that we would fulfill the purposes of God that you have placed us on this earth for. In Jesus' name. And Lord, we pray for Miranda and Erica, Lord God, as they go out into all the nations of this earth, Lord God, that you would give them souls, Lord God. We ask that you would open doors that no man could open and that you would close those things that they are not to go into. And we ask that your will would be done and your kingdom would come to this earth, Lord God. And we, will, we proclaim liberty to those that are lost. The opening of the eyes of those that are blind. The opening of the deaf ears of those that cannot hear. And we ask, Lord God, that you would give us the mouth to speak. As your oracle, as your voice, crying in the wilderness of this land and of this nation. In Jesus' name. And Lord, we honor in this house, Erica and Miranda. And we bless them, Lord God, with the blessings of God. And we pronounce a blessing of God upon them. And we pronounce a prophetic blessing, Lord God, that they're going to go into all the world and that they're going to reach the lost, heal the sick, deliver those that are bound. And we thank you, Lord God, for the work of God that is beginning, that is beginning to happen in Newcastle in New Covenant, in this region of Indiana and beyond. And we thank you that we are all missionaries, Lord God. We are all missionaries called to the mission fields, Lord God, of our own lives, of our own families, of our own jobs, of our own city and beyond into other nations as well. And we thank you, Lord God, for all that you've done, all that you're doing, and all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. Amen. Amen. You guys have a good day. God bless you.